You're listening to Cornfield Theology. My name is Brooks. I'm one of the hosts. Hi, and Brooks. I am here with our head deacon, what? Sean Powers. I thought I was a pope last week or an apostle. I can't remember. You keep switching it on me. You got demoted. Why did I get demoted? What because did I do? Because Pope Kanye was not satisfied with you <sighs> and your job. So you're telling me that deacons have a lower position than that of the pope? Um, is that what you're telling? Of the pope? Is that what you're telling to every deacon In out there? Catholic listening to this? theology? Yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Touche. <laughs> oh man. So I'm sure. I'm sure. In a Protestant theology. Deacons would be far better than the Pope, that uh, Antichrist, oh, it's, oh, as the man. Westminster says. Well, I've been reading through the 1689 uh, London Baptist Confession. They 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 have some zingers in there, too, about the Catholic Church. I'm it's pretty sure they both call him the Antichrist. Yeah, yeah. no, it's in there. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. Hey, so guess what? I called you a deacon because we're talking about the diaconate today. Yeah, that's Diaconate fun. meaning the office of the deacon. The office of the deacon, that's right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Before that. How come you can't never send me any good music requests? I hate you. You know, I listen. I, so, here's what no, happened. Let, well, yeah, you can t- let me you give the t- story. All right. Earlier this week, Pastor Sean committed an offense <laughs> against me, <laughs> a sin against his brother. Are we talking about church discipline here? By asking this, asking our group, we have a planning meeting that we do every week, and he asked our group um, for music. I was looking for some new tunes. Right. He said, "Any music suggestions? No rap." That was the first straw, but that is <laughs> that straw is nothing compared to the next. I recommend John Mayer, and he says, Man, and I quote: "You're all broken up over this." John who? John Meyer? Joel Meyer? End quote. That is an offense to music. That's not even just a personal offense. So I'm just gonna have I'm gonna have to take listen, you listen, in front of the son, church son. unless you can listen to John Mayer. Well, I'll listen two to John albums. Mayer. When you start listening to the Beatles. I've listened to the Beatles. Like, and appreciate the Beatles. If you said the Beatles, I wouldn't have gone, who? The cockroaches? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like, they're top. They're top. They got to be top five for you. The Beatles. You got to put them in there. No. See, that that drives me nuts. They're overrated. How? Because they're totally overrated. And you get on me about John Mayer or Joel Mayer. What were the years that the Beatles were active? Uh, 60s, 70s. Isn't it anyway, right? 60s, 70s? Out of uh, 50 year old pop culture now, let's get into <laughs> the topic of the week. Dun, 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 the topic of the week. Deacons, deacons, deacons. We're talking about deacons. What and are deacons? Specifically, uh, whether or not women can be deacons. Well, let's let's leave that as a cliffhanger because that's where the controversy Well, that's going to be the topic, but we need to lay a foundation yeah, first. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So let's, let's start by laying a foundation and saying. To do to to understand whether or not women can be deacons, we need to talk about what is the yeah, so, office of a deacon in yeah. the first place. In ecclesiology, so basically, the local church, like how, what are the offices in a local church? So speaking, by the way, of the local church, you should know we're actually recording this. Oh yeah, good point. Because uh, you preached what when this comes out, it'll have been yesterday. But yep. as we're recording, it's it's four days from now. Yep. Uh, preaching on Acts six. Acts six. That's right. Uh, which is one of the key uh, passages that we're going to use in our discussion today. Yeah. And we wanted to, uh, you know, we started this podcast because we wanted to be- benefit our local church. That's right. And so this is an example of yeah, that. Yeah, just a quick follow-up to that. Um, you already said it, but I want to reiterate it. Uh, we love the fact that other people listen into this. And we, we hope it's a benefit to others who are not a part of Redemption Hill Church. But uh, part of doing these podcasts is to provide extra content, um, some more thoughts to... Uh, 
critical ideas or worldview ideas or some uh, theology in the Bible. And in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. different. We're, we're, I'm a little more relaxed here. You know, when I when I preach on a Sunday morning, I'm like pulling out my manuscript and like I'm, I'm hardly scripted here. I, I got a couple pieces of paper and And, and Bible, here we're so. pulling out Tom Schreiner's manuscript. <laughs> yeah, and that, and that's the truth. So, so we have three passages. Yeah, three what passages. So we'll, we'll, we'll look at um, Acts 6 a little bit, uh, verses 1 to 7. We'll go ahead and look at 1 Timothy 3, uh, verses 8 to 13. And yep. then we'll look at uh, Romans 16, verses 1 and 2. Perfect. Now, so that, let's go in that order. Well, because ho- if we start in Acts 6, we're going to get the foundation for the right, diaconate. Right, right. So in Acts 6, what, what we're seeing here is kind of the the genesis of the diaconate and how how deacons interface with uh, elders. Now, in Acts 6— Can you 6, say that in a less complicated way? What do you mean? Than the genesis of the diaconate, the be- like and the, the very beginning, you know, the interface of <laughs> the, the, the Terminator. I don't even know what you said anymore. It's just the beginning. So in Acts six, what we what, here's 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 the setup to everything, right? In Acts six, uh, kind of a controversy breaks out. Uh, what we got going on are, are the, the Hellenistic um, Jews who are not getting a fair share of the food distribution. Hellenistic uh, Jews, meaning, are they meaning Hel- they're not Hellenistic Jews; they're Hellenistic Christians. Yeah, right? Christians. Yep, but it doesn't. That's implied within the text. I'm just oh, gotcha. what the text says. Sorry. And then Hel- and then um, basically the the Jewish um, widows. Excuse me. So the so the question is, you know, all the all the widows who are Jews are getting the food distribution. What about the Hellenistic Jews? All these folks, presumably Christians. And so word gets back to the apostles, and everyone's like, "Whoa, what's going on here? This isn't fair. This isn't equitable. What do we do?" And the apostles, I think, rightly move toward implementing other individuals to serve these um, Hellenistic Jews so that they can preach and pray, so they can continue to preach the gospel and then pray for the church. And so in this in this particular um, passage, we see how, I think, what, what is the office of deacon beginning to form functions with authority within the local church. So here it's the apostles. I think this, as we go throughout the New Testament, we see that transition taking place and it's elders or pastors within the church. So in summary, I love to sum up after we've talked for a little bit. So in summary, Acts 6, we see deacons for the first time because there was a need. There was, there was too much to be done. And the apostles were like, we really shouldn't be spending our time doing this. We Mm -hmm. need to be spending our time teaching, opening up the word, and then they created the office of a yeah. deacon, which is just a servant. Yeah, so a, a good definition of this, and this can come right from Acts 6, uh, the biblical role of deacons is to care for the physical and logistical needs of the church. That's what we're seeing in Acts 6, so that the elders can concentrate on their primary calling. Their primary calling in Acts 6 is prayer and preaching, but we see elsewhere in Scripture it's leading the church, it's shepherding um, God's local church as well. So my definition my what i wrote down for the purpose of the diaconate is that it exists to serve the church in practical ways that allow the elders and the other officers of the church to minister better to do to fulfill their calling better and by They're that you mean evangelists and things like, yeah. when i say yeah when i say other officers i'm talking about if you have more than just elders in your church sure. um so i mean you're, if you look at ephesians was ephesians 5 four, ephesians 4 11 4 11 yeah. yeah moving into First Timothy 3, I think. Would that be a good place to go now? Yeah, let's go there. So here's what... Let, let's read this text 
in let's do it from the esv do i you gonna make me change from the csv yeah, to the i'm ESV? going to <laughs> Let's the do, CSB is so much more oh, understandable. Oh, you're on the CSB bandwagon. Let's do the ESV, and then we'll reread one particular verse in this passage from your A favorite different tra- translations. Yeah, exactly. Okay, starting in verse 8, 1 Timothy 3, verse 8, in the English Standard Version. Whether or not it should be standard for English speakers is <laughs> up, up for questioning. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well, For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. That's good. So now now let me read. How do you know it's good? Did you even understand it? uh, What is double-tongued? We're not getting into that right now. Verse 11 of the CSB. Um, Let me just read verse 11 there. Well, just to show you, the first couple words of the ESV are their wives also. I was going to mention that. So... What, what what the CSB drops is the there, and then the also. So it just says wives, too, must be worthy of respect, not slanderous, self-controlled, faithful, and everything. And then you get into uh, the NIV, and then it says, in the same way, the women, and that's that's important. That's an important distinction that is being made here by the translators of the of the NIV. The women are to be worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy in everything. And it's worth noting that the NASB also says the women. So, so important distinctions here. What we're seeing here is that there's a difference in translation mm-hmm. where some good translations, the ESV and the CSB, say wives. Mm-hmm. Others, the NIV and the NASB, say women. Women. And it's it's worth it's worth noting. I think it's it's right to worth note this that uh, out of the Greek we don't have there. So I, I look at the ESV translation, which is the translation, by the way, I preach out of on Sunday mornings. Um, I don't think they quite capture that the best. I think the CSB moves toward it, and then we have a completely different um, emphasis in the NIV. Now, what's going on here? So verse eight and verse nine, it's clear that uh, we're talking about qualifications of a deacon. And then if we take the NIV translation, for example, and then it says in the same way, the women, it can be assumed that verses 8 and 9 are specifically talking about male deacons in the church. And then the question is, is there a quick uh, pivot here to talk about women who are deacons? In the same way, the women are to be, here are the qualifications, worthy of respect, not malicious talkers, but temperate and trustworthy and everything. And then there's a pivot back to how male deacons care for their homes. Uh, a deacon must be faithful to his wife and must manage his children and household well. So that's that's the way an individual who, who says women can be deacons uh, would kind of walk through that text. At least that's just kind of the, the cliff notes of it. Now, if you take the stance that um, only men are deacons, then you're going to read this simply as a continuation. The list continues uh, from verse 10 to verse 11 to verse 12, all about uh, male deacons. 
And so, uh, in a nutshell, that's a bit of the argument. And then this is the, uh, by the way, the key text here. This is probably the key text in terms of, um, is it a male or, or are women allowed to be deacons? Let's 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 say a word about how people uh, on different sides discuss this topic, right? I don't think we've shown our hand quite yet about where we land. So good here's people the thing. disagree. Yeah, on this. good people disagree. It's not like Calvinism and Arminianism when they're well, people get all hot and bothered, and they got a shoe, a rock in their shoe, and people are just spiteful on both sides. Yeah. And it's a it's a very like contentious. It's a very divisive yep. issue. Yeah, this is not. There's people <laughs> in every camp who hold to either view of women being deacons or not being deacons. Typically, people can be respected yeah. scholars, theologians, and hold either view in, in any tradition that they're in. Right, and I, I absolutely agree. For example, we have a uh, scholar... That in, we both respect. ...in the uh, women can be deacons view. His name is... Thomas Schreiner. Tom Schreiner. Yep. Uh, he's a professor at Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. the... Southern Baptist Theological <laughs> Seminary. You would have got you would have got some type of response if you didn't say the. It's like the Ohio State University. Oh That's God. what they say. I know. It kind yeah. of it kind of peeves off the rest of the like Midwestern. <laughs> like we're the Midwestern. Did, you know that's what it means. It's Southern. Did you know that Iowa State University? This is, I, I think I read this in the paper a while ago. They tried to trademark the Iowa State University. And it, it didn't go through. So they wanted to be the Iowa State University. Kind of like really? the, yeah. That's Why what, didn't it go through? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know if it's a trademark or how that works. Or, well, you know, hey, we always try to get our viewers to talk to us. Yeah. And uh, probably not even a tenth of them actually send us a message. So no. here's, here's homework assignment for you guys. Yeah. Why did the government not allow, or is it the government who does this? Why did they not allow yeah, Iowa State to trademark the Iowa State? Yeah, I don't know. Look it up. Send us a message. On We'd like to our know our website. We yeah. would like to know. Oh, and if if that we should be the Cornfield Theology. No. Oh, doesn't I like? Okay. That doesn't even sound good. Yeah, uh, you're right. All right. All right. Okay. Back on topic. Sean, uh, can we go into the technical details a little bit of First Timothy three eleven? Yeah. So so uh, the question is, um, what is the Greek word for wives or, or women in its um, gune and its lexical form? And so it it can go both ways, of course. And so obviously we see good translations translating it both ways. Yep. Just to say that that word can be both ways. But the reason I wanted to go into this is because I have a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, this word is inflected here in the accusative case. I'm in my first year of Greek, yeah. so I don't actually know what I'm talking about. You're, I'm just saying words right now. <laughs> you're just regurgitating. And, uh, it, and what you're getting at, it's not genitive. It's not genitive. Yeah. So in the genitive it's case possessive. is what when we see something is possessive. And so, you know, like the ESV says, their wives. Right. If, in my understanding, my first year of Greek understanding, if it's going to say their wives, then the word gune should be in, in the, the genitive, genitive form. Yep. However, it's in the accusative. Yeah. Which lends itself, I mean, the argument there is that it, it would be tr- more naturally translated as women and not wives. Women and not wives, correct. Yep. yep. So I, I think that's a good... Even though the CSB drops the word there. Yeah, it does. But I think it doesn't go quite far enough, and this is where, again, even though I preach out of the ESV, I think the the NIV and the and the NASB on this particular verse um, does the best job in terms of, of translating it, and most most faithfully back um, from the, uh, the the original Greek text. So, yeah, in the same way, the women are to be worthy of respect. I think that's the the best translation. Is that, that's NIV. Yep, NIV. So that's that's a mark it down. 
This is the day. This is the text. The NIV has the best translation. There will be scholars that look back in history, and they're going to be like, was there ever a day, was there ever a text when the NIV had the best translation? And and then this is going to be the day. So we've officially shown our hand. We did, actually. We we should have waited. I want to do it at the very end and then just cut the episode. (laughs) We're 17 minutes in. Can't wait any longer. By the way, just joking about the NIV, I actually love the NIV. Don't read from it personally because CSB is better and why settle. CSB is better, yeah. Okay, you and I disagree on that, but that's okay. So a couple points on um, the hand that we have shown, which is we're, we're for women being deacons. So here are a couple thoughts. One, I don't read in Scripture anywhere that the Bible prohibits women from being deacons. I think that's a, I think it's an important point. That's that's different than talking about the office of elder, where it's very, very clear that men are supposed to be elders, pastors of the local church. Women, I think if you if you're if you're trying to faithfully understand, you can't come to that same conclusion. So it could be a coin flip. And so the question becomes, you know, especially for myself as a, as a pastor of a local church, I have to come down on a side because Sooner or later, we want to install A church deacons. has to take a side, yeah, yeah if they're going to have absolutely. a diaconate. And they should, because that's the biblical model of ecclesiology. That's correct. So, I'd also like to add a few other things, which is, um, just because we I fall down on the side of women deacons, or somebody else does, does not make them an egalitarian. And I, and I, and I think sometimes... That's that can be an argument saying, "Oh, you're just moving toward egalitarianism, liberalism." That, yeah, liberalism, and and that's false. So we're just trying to do the best we can to just faithfully interpret the text that's right in front of us. The, we're all looking at the same text. We're all talking about it, and we're just trying to be faithful. Just as the person who's going to disagree with me on it. The other last point regarding this, I refuse to let that argument that this is leading toward egalitarianism to drive my point because oftentimes people become uh, have an argument of fear. Oh, gets, yeah, oh, you're you're oh, fear-mongered into a certain Absolutely. Word. This oh, is scary. If 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 women are deacons now, what are they going to be later? And and that's foolish. Oh, a slippery, Str- slope, slippery argument. slope argument. Uh that that's ridiculous. And and again, what we It starts tra- with deacons. Yeah, yeah. That's like if someone was like women can't can be church members. Well, if they're going to be members, then oh, someday no. they're going to be deacons, and oh then what? And then, then where are they going to oh, go? Yeah. No, that's that's yeah. false. That that's, kind of argument's dumb. It, Can I add something it, here? It, hold on. it is dumb. Sorry, but you hear it all the time. That's why it's worth mentioning. And I think there's a reason why you hear it all the time. Um, I want to make this clear: if you're saying that women can be deacons, and you're defining De- the diaconate as a leadership or authority this position, then you are moving toward egalitarianism. I think the biggest issue here and the and the misconception that a lot of people, especially yeah. Baptists, have in their heads about the diaconate is that it's a leadership or an authority position, and it's not. Yeah. And yep. that skews their interpretation of First Corinthians, First Corinthians, First Timothy three. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Baptists, I love you. I love you guys. I got a ton of Baptist friends, but you kind of you're one of them. You, you kind of mess this up for us. Now, within say the Southern Baptist Convention, there's a resurgence of of elders in many churches thanks Thank to the good works goodness. of Nine Marks Ministry and some of the things they've done. Ben Merkel, who's a professor at Southeastern Seminary, wrote a great book on it. So, so they're a resurgence. But 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 for so many years, deacons functioned like elders. So they had a deacon board and they had the pastors, right? And then the deacons. 
had the authority within the church. They had, the, they had more authority than the, than the pastor did. So they, they pulled all the strings. And that's not what the Bible says a deacon should be. A deacon, go back to Acts 6, a deacon serves the church. The deacon actually serves so that he can free up the elders for the preaching of the word, for prayer. A deacon is an office of serving, not an office of right. leading. Correct. Yep. And so that's where we that's where we differ. If we're saying why women can be deacons, we're not. We're, so in complementarianism, what we understand and what we believe, you and I, mm-hmm. is that God created men and women distinctly and differently. We're better at different things. He made us for different things. And therefore, for the good of the church, for the good of the family, for the good of this world, he's given us different roles and responsibilities to fulfill for our good. And we see in the Bible that one of the responsibilities given to men is leadership. Uh, and there, that the church is no exception to that rule. The leadership in the church is supposed to be male leadership. We see that in First Timothy 2 and elsewhere in the Bible. 2, 12, yeah. So if we're talking about leadership, then, yeah, women shouldn't be deacons. The problem is people have a, a wrong understanding of what a deacon is. It's an office of a, of a servant, of someone who serves. Yeah. So what does that practically mean to serve the church as a deacon? We well, see in Acts 6 yeah. one example. What are some others? Well, let me just back up and say this. Um, if you're a member of a local church, you're called to serve. So all members of the body of Christ are called to serve um, to one degree or another. Now, not all who serve are deacons. Yeah, if you want right. me to set up chairs on a Sunday morning, yeah, but you, you better can... make me a deacon. You're the, you are of this church flat. You are the deacon of church chair set up. And I love you for it, man. You know what you're doing? I don't even want to be a deacon. But no, no, this is, this is actually a really good practical thing. You are freeing me up oftentimes to go pray before I preach and before Sunday. And to reread your sermon. Can I point uh, us to... Okay, well, actually, let's go back. I was going to ask a different question, but yeah. you didn't answer the question. Sorry, what was the question? I don't even remember. What did I say? What are the, <laughs> we went on a tangent. What are the practical roles oh, that's right. of a deacon? So we're all, first, we're all, first, we're all called to serve. Now, in, in the New Testament... The Bible lays out the characteristics in First Timothy, First Timothy three. The characteristics or qualifications of a deacon, but it doesn't say what a deacon necessarily does outside of what we already read in Acts six. So I actually think that's really helpful um, for Scripture because the needs of our local church is going to be different from the needs of the local church down the street. So there are particular needs that we have right now um, that, Lord willing, someday we can we can. Uh, see those needs filled by somebody serving at, in the office of deacon. But, you know, church two miles down the road is going to be like, well, we don't have those needs. And so um, I think it's really helpful that Scripture doesn't necessarily say, hey. This is what they should do. Yeah, this is what they should do. Outside of what we read in Acts 6, which is there's a mercy taking place. There's the distribution of food um, for the Greek widows. So, yeah, that's that'd be the short answer. I think it's open-ended, and I think it's important that we just, if it's a serving position that frees elders up to pray, uh, to preach, and to, to lead the church, and I think um, it could be, it could be, depending on your context, a worthy position for a deacon to serve. Let's move a little further into verse 12, and, and from verse 11 into verse 12. Of uh, 1 Timothy 3, yeah. Of 1 Timothy 3, yep. the text we're currently in. Yep. You see two things, two phrases that I want us to talk about. First is that deacons should be the husbands of one wife. And second is that they should manage their households. Right. And 
So going with the first one, does husbands of one wife, is that an exclusive only husbands can do it? Yeah. So I don't think so. I think the flow of the text is Paul is talking about the qualifications of deacons between uh, verses 8 and 10, and male deacons in particular. And as I said earlier, I think then he pivots to women who then can become deacons and then lays out the qualifications. Then he pivots again and says, okay, deacons who are husbands and who have kids, you are the spiritual leader of your home. You're to provide and protect for your home. By the way, um, take care of those, take care of your family. Um, so I think that's that's the natural flow of the text, in my opinion. And I think that's what's going on between verses 11 and 12 in particular. Our uh, good friend, Tom Schreiner, who doesn't know either of us. No, he doesn't know me. But he's a good friend. But but if he listened to our podcast and dropped us a note, I would be so excited. Dr. Schreiner, oh, if you're listening to this podcast. He's not listening. You don't know that. But maybe someone who knows him is listening. Dr. Schreiner noted that the word likewise is in verse 11. So you're talking about, there's like three sections talking about male deacons, then women deacons, then male deacons again. There is actually a list seemingly here. It's translated differently, awkwardly enough, in some translations where it says like women also instead of women likewise, even though it says likewise um, and starting in verse 8. But it's just, it seems like the the natural reading of that is a continuation of a list. Deacons likewise, women likewise, deacons again, yeah. starting in verse twelve. Yeah, male deacons, women deacons, and then male deacons who are are the head of their house, basically. I think that's a good exegetical. Speaking uh, of point. Shriner, uh, he also noted that we see women as deacons as early as first century church. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. A couple of different um, extra-biblical manuscripts seem to imply that deacons were also women um, in the early church. And you know what? I, got, I haven't done this. We can do this at Cornfield Cleanup. I wonder if the Didache says anything about women deacons. I think it does. I, gotta, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. Okay. It's, uh, like, it was like one of the early Didache. church Didache. It means teaching in Greek and... Uh, long story short, basically a list of writings, uh, of teachings for the early church. Not authoritative, but anyways, moving on. We Cornfield will, cleanup, we'll get back to that. We will put a link to Shriner's article on our favorite hard-hitting theological journal, The Gospel Coalition, in the show notes of this episode. Also, we're gonna, we'll link uh, an article that I think comes out of Nine Marks by Ben Merkel. Um, it just does a really good job of explaining what is the diaconate. So in terms of understanding the diaconate, that kind of be foundational and then getting into the conversation. Can women be deacons in that, in that conversation as well? All right, next phrase. And then we will sum it up and move into cornfield cleanup. Oh, don't forget, uh, Romans 16, man. Next phrase. And then a few other things. Verse 12, managing their households. So I don't know why we're going through this again, actually, now that I realize it, that's okay. Let's, let's move into Romans 12. 16. Romans 16. Did you say 12 just now? No, I think I said 16. I'll have to go back and listen. That's right. I always say 12 when I'm talking about Romans. Did I, I'm pretty sure I said 14 earlier. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I don't know where I'm at. <laughs> uh, we have a gracious uh, listening audience. Uh, Romans 16, this is probably the one other place. Uh, the, other, the other text is debated about... Uh, whether women are deacons. It says this, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, and then the next uh, word is a deacon or a servant, depending on 
where you land on the issue, a deacon of the church. Um, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and give her all the help she may need for you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. So it seems, and some people speculate that Phoebe actually was an individual who, who would take letters from church to church, right? Um, so Paul would write it and Phoebe would be kind of the courier. Uh, and so that, that could be a possibility. Um, but the question is, does, does, um, the Greek word for serve or deacon apply here? What is it? Is she a servant? Well, that would apply to everyone or is she a deacon? Uh, so here's one thought I have and you know, I might be way off and people can correct me on this. If Phoebe's name was like, um, I don't know, pick a male name. What's your favorite male name? Brooks. I commend you that our brother Brooks, and then we have this interpretive question of what do we do with the Greek word here? We would be more apt, I think, to say deacon and that with little, with much less pushback. My opinion. IMO, right? In my opinion. Um, I do think that it's because... You really are using Twitter. I'm proud of you. Well, it's funny. I, sometimes I got to ask people what these... Uh, that are not acronyms. We call them acronyms. Are they acronyms? Yeah, are they? I was like, <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Uh, I'm like, what does that mean? Sometimes I'll go to my wife, be like, honey, I don't know what these words, these these letters that are put together that don't create a word. What does that mean? So, anyways, back to my point. I I want to be careful because um, I, I'm, I'm offering that as an observation for those who would say, uh, you know, women can't be deacons. Just ask yourself the simple question: If Phoebe was a male. How would you interpret that particular passage? Um, and, may, and hopefully you'd be consistent regardless. But I think it's worth worth uh, asking because sometimes we bring our presuppositions to the table when we read the text. And so if you already come to the table saying men should or shouldn't be deacons, that's going to kind of inform you know, how you want to p- translate that particular text. I think it's okay to say Phoebe is a deacon. And I think the next verse kind of implies that she has some responsibilities in which she serves and that she's serving in the church. One more, that was my last thought regarding... Uh, you know, some of the texts within Scripture, ending with Romans 16, verses 1 and 2. All right. Uh, is this a good place to stop and move into cornfield cleanup? Sure. All right, let's do that. We'll see you guys in a minute. Bye-bye. All right, we are back and better than ever. Feeling good. We uh, I had a cup of coffee, per usual. Yeah, uh, And uh, I but really it... have no notes on this podcast, uh, but I think you have some. Had a few. Well, first of all, do you drink your coffee black, or do you, like, throw the sugar and the cream in? Uh, I drink it black most of the time. Okay. However, I'm all good with sugar and cream as long as it's French vanilla or hazelnut. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, I got some cornfield cleanup for you. Ready? Uh, I got two things actually, uh, two in particular. One, I made reference to the Beatles and I, you said, Hey, when were they? And I'm like 60, 70. So I had to go back and look that and and it's right. You're right. Yeah. So so. I was, the reason I asked is because I was going to say that, they completely overshadowed Barry Manilow, but I think <laughs> they're they're a little bit different times. Yeah, I think it's a little later. Barry, Barry Manilow, Manilow is yeah. is one of the most great. Wow, that was really great English. One of the best musicians. They're the, great during the nineties, nineties, nineteen hundreds. What's the Gosh. worst? We're gonna need a cornfield cleanup for the cleanup. cleanup. <laughs> What's the worst decade of music since you know the eighties? 80s. I can get behind that. The rock and roll stuff. No, I no, no, I take it back. 90s. No. 90s. No, no. I, I'm gonna go with 80s. Yeah, definitely 80s. Bro, worst decade for music was definitely the decade where we had ACDC, Nirvana, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, I dug Nirvana. 
And that's when Pearl Jam became oh, a thing. Oh, Pearl Jam. Love Pearl Jam. I, that, Eddie Vedder. Make me throw oh, up. yeah. Oh, love Pearl Jam. Uh, the other thing, um, I made reference to the Didache. And um, I was thinking to myself, dude, does, I know it mentions deacons. Does it mention women deacons? It does not. Um, so I just wanted to clean that up in terms of what we got going on here. I, I was doing a little perusing about early church, uh, with the early church fathers of who made reference to women deacons. And John Chrysostom does. So I was like, hey, he's all about women deacons. He makes reference to it. And he explicitly you know, calls out yeah. uh, 1 Timothy 3, verses uh, 11 and 12. So Perfect. Is that go. everything you got? That's all I got for now. All right. So I also just want to add in uh, our friend on Twitter, Lex Lutheran of the Wittenberg Project, made a video. What's Twitter? Twitter. Anyway, he made a video. <laughs> not going to answer the question. <laughs> he made a video answering uh, our last podcast episode. We'll put a link in the description yeah, if you want to watch it. On denominationalism. denominationalism. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode. We'll see you thanks, next time. Thanks, everyone. Take care.